Hey guys, this is Lauren. Today I've got a little bit of a different episode for you. It is part one of a two-part story and I'm going to be explaining basically how I got from the start of my business to where I am today because a lot of you have asked me about it. So I hope you enjoy and if you found it entertaining or interesting, uh, make sure you check back next week for part two. Welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and this is the place where we talk all things lash and beauty business related. Hello and welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. My name is Lauren Lappin. I am your host and today we are going to be talking about my story, which is something that I get asked about quite a lot. I did touch on it in episode one, I think I just briefly sort of explained who I was and what I've done. But I get a lot of people, you know, just messaging me on Instagram and also a few of my coaching clients over the past 12 months have really kind of said things to me like, oh, I just wish I had a salon as big as yours now. And oh, I just want to be making as much money now and things like that. And really, you can't compare. You can't fast forward through all the shit, I guess, that you've got to go through to get, (laughs) you know, having quite a large salon. So today I am going to explain a little bit about where I've come from and my experience and you know, how some different roles that I've had in my past have sort of shaped, you know, me being the business owner that I am today. So I will get started. I'm hopefully not going to bore too many of you, but I know personally I'm always, uh, I'm very excited to listen to different people speak about their life and their experiences. And I think that you can learn a lot by listening to Other people talk about what they've been through in their lives. So I will get started. So I originally, I thought that when I finished year 12, I would get into IT because I was good with computers. And this is back in 2002. So 20 years ago, which is a little bit scary to announce here. I've got my 20 year high school reunion this year, which is quite confronting. But uh, yeah, I I thought, you know, I'll do IT. I actually really wanted to be a beauty therapist. I wanted to go and do beauty, but my parents talked me out of it. I just loved making people feel pretty. I had a natural knack for makeup and even hair. I was good at doing people's hair. So I was that friend that was always getting asked to do everyone's makeup and hair every Saturday night um, before we go to the pub. And yeah, I, I really wanted to do it as a career. You know, it was a lot of fun and I liked making people feel good about themselves. So that is what I wanted to do, but I was heavily convinced by my family to go into IT or information technology at the, at the time because I was never going to make any money as a beautician. And my father had even said to me that I was too smart to be a dumb beautician. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I, I took myself off to TAFE that first year out of high school and did network engineering, which is a really sort of defunct 
qualification now since everything is wireless, but I learned to build networks uh, using the good old Cat5 and Cat6 cable. I don't know if anyone knows what I'm talking about, but yeah, I I have a little bit of techie knowledge from my background. So that that really has helped me. You know, I've built all my own websites and things like that. I'm pretty good with technology, which is very handy as a business owner. But also at the point that I'm at now, I still try and do a lot of things myself when I shouldn't because it's very time consuming. I'm a perfectionist. Even though I enjoy doing these type of things, I know that I could probably pay somebody to do it for me and spend my time doing something more valuable uh, or that's more valuable for my businesses. So, I do still sometimes get stuck doing techie stuff uh, because it's a little bit of a hobby of mine. I know that I can do it. But yeah, so I did IT and I worked in IT for a fair few years, um, I think till I was about 23. And I enjoyed it, but it was really just a job. I still, you know, was that girl that was getting asked to do everyone's makeup and hair and things like that. Yeah, I I had hooked up with my husband, um, my boyfriend at the time, Owen, and we'd moved in together and he is a civil engineer. He had a good job. And, you know, one day he sort of just said to me, oh, look, if you want to go study beauty, why don't you just do it? Just quit your job, quit your full-time job and I'll support you. (laughs) And I was like, oh, hang on, what's this? No one's ever supported me. This feels weird. Like, you know, like I was saying a minute ago about, you know, wanting to finish high school and go straight into a beauty course. I think the the colleges around my local area, you know, it was $20,000 or something like that to study beauty. And, you know, my parents were not going to pay that. They didn't want me to do it to begin with. But, you know, we, we had no money. Like I don't come from a wealthy family. So it really was an impossibility for me at the time. So, you know, to have someone say to me, look, I'll support you if that's what you really want to do was pretty awesome. So that's what I did. I I went to TAFE because at that stage, the local TAFE college had started offering uh, the Diploma of Beauty Therapy. So I went and studied beauty and absolutely fell in love. Well, I didn't fall in love. I, I was already in love with the industry. I was in love with making people feel good about themselves and look good. And I excelled at it like really early on. I remember getting perfect scores in all of my exams, you know, in like the skin science ones and the NAT and phys ones that were quite difficult. I remember getting perfect scores <laughs> and I even scored uh, the highest out of my class for a project that we had to do at the end of the diploma course, which was all about starting your own salon, which is quite funny because at the time I did not want to open my own salon at all. I'd just gotten married and I sort of had babies on my mind. You know, I wasn't thinking long-term career. I was, I had aspirations at the time of being a TAFE teacher and teaching people beauty therapy. So yeah, I I just went with it. I I Got a job probably halfway through the diploma at a very, very good local salon that took me on before I'd even finished my qualification. And yeah, I, I learned a lot there. I 
my boss at that salon, you know, is a very, very amazing business person and is still an amazing business person within the local community. She still owns salons locally. And I really learned a lot from her about the presentation of your salon and the presentation of your staff and, you know, changing things up in the salon aesthetically often to keep your clients interested and excited and also having events for your clients and really looking after them, going that extra mile. I also learned a lot about marketing from my boss when I worked at that salon. And and yeah, I worked there for about 12 months and then I went to another local salon that is where I actually learned how to do eyelash extensions. So back in 2008, no, sorry, 2009. No, 2008, 2008. So I learned how to do lashes in salon and yeah, I excelled at those really quickly as well. (laughs) The girl that taught me hated doing them. She thought they were the most tedious, horrible service to do. She would have been, she was, you know, more a fan of, you know, doing facials and, and body treatments and waxing. But yeah, she hated doing the lashes. So the newbie comes in and we'll give the newbie the shit jobs. And yeah, I was that newbie that had to do the shit job of eyelash extensions. And, and funnily enough, I loved it. I fell in love. The clients fell in love with me. And it just went from there. So I I worked there for about a year and then I had uh, my daughter and I worked from home after I had my daughter because it was just easier. I had quite a few clients from home. I also, during that time, because I got really fat when I was pregnant, I'm sure a lot of you can <laughs> understand that. It's very hard to, yeah, maintain your body shape while you're pregnant. But I I got pretty fat and I got pretty obsessed with the gym afterwards. And I was offered a job at the gym as a fitness instructor. So I did that for about 12 months as well. So I was I was teaching body step classes at my gym and about five or six days a week I was doing that. So I was pretty, you know, I'd have at least one class a day. And yeah, I had my my baby. She was, you know, six, 12 months old. And I also had clients from home and I was doing a few clients every day. Then we moved to Sydney. So we moved to Sydney with my husband's work. Like I mentioned, he is a civil engineer. He works in construction. So we moved to Sydney and it was my first move away from my hometown, which was pretty scary, but I was quite excited as well. But that excitement was very, very short-lived. I fell pregnant with my son, Patrick, and I was stuck at home. My toddler and I was pregnant and I had no friends and no family and nothing to do. So I'd gone from being quite busy, you know, with fitness instructing and clients and kids and family and friends and everything in my hometown to being really alone and not having anything to do except for cooking and eating. (laughs) And and surprise, surprise, I got fat again when I was pregnant with my son. But, you know, I was just organising cupboards every day and I don't think I had one piece of dirty laundry in the house at any given time. I just wasn't, I was that on top of everything. Everything was labelled. 
in my cupboards and organized and everything was clean and I'm not a person that does slow pace very, very well. Always looking for something to keep myself busy. Possibly I have ADHD. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, But I didn't do it very well. I was very lonely. I was very bored. Uh, My husband was working very long hours. Uh, You know, he'd be gone by 5, 5.30 in the morning and, you know, getting home sort of after 7 or even 8 o'clock some nights. And, yeah, it, it wasn't a good time. I didn't really enjoy it very well. I became quite resentful of him that he got to go out every day and, you know, talk to people and do work and be social. And and while I was stuck at home with, with one kid and another one on the way. And anyway, I think my mind just started ticking over and I started thinking about the possibilities, you know, how could I move back home? What What could I do? I started thinking maybe I could buy the salon that I used to work in because it was for sale at the time. And I started talking to my husband about it. And the funny thing was, you know, as soon as I started talking to him, he sort of opened up and said he wasn't really happy in his role either in Sydney. And, you know, we we didn't really have anything to do on the weekends and he felt bad for leaving me at home all day on my own. And Yeah, he sort of said, oh, well, you know, if you had a a good opportunity like that, you know, we could move back to Albury. We didn't sell our house. We kept it and we rented it out so we could always move back to our house. And anyway, the more I thought about this, the more excited I got. And I did investigate purchasing the salon, but it just wasn't really going to work out. For the price that I would have had to pay, I would have had to do a lot of work to it to get it to how I wanted it to be. So, I I couldn't break up with my hairdresser at the time. I was coming back to Albury to get my hair done and I was telling her about my plans and she sort of said, oh, no, how about you, you know, come in and rent the space out the back of my hair salon and that can be your salon and, and yeah, and then that, that way it's cheaper and, you know, you still can do it and you can move back and blah, blah, blah. And anyway, I... I then started thinking of, of this and, and then that was the plan for quite a few months. And so I had Patrick and we moved back to Albury when he was 11 days old and we lived with my mum for a little bit while we were waiting for our tenant to finish up and move out of our house. So, yeah, I basically came back to Albury with these grand plans of building a beauty room at the back of my hairdresser's salon. And, you know, we went back and forth for a few months. Patrick was very young, so obviously I couldn't do some, anything straight away. But I had these grand plans. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of business names and I'm planning all the treatments that I was going to do. And back then I was, you know, I was going to do skin and I was going to do massage and I was going to be a full-service beauty salon and, The more I thought about it, the more I planned, the more I took notes. I do write everything down. I'm a massive note taker. uh, And I really started to think uh, something popped into my head one day and I thought, no, while I was in Sydney, I was getting phone calls from people that I didn't know that just heard of me through word of mouth for lashes. And I would get maybe one call a week or one a fortnight saying, oh, I want to book in for my lashes. I'm like, I'm really sorry. I live in Sydney now. And 
I thought, what if I could just do lashes? What if I could specialise in lashes? There's nothing like it in Albury. I really feel like people want a specialist now. They don't want, you know, a, a one-stop shop as such. So I started thinking, oh, what if I could just focus on lashes and brows? So I decided to scrap all the ideas for the facial stuff, having a whole skincare range. I, I got rid of all those ideas pretty quickly, but I was still a little bit hesitant to just focus on lashes. So I made the decision I was still going to do body waxing. I was still going to do makeup, just the treatments that I like to do basically <laughs> with a heavy focus on lash and brow treatments. But I've sort of digressed a little bit there, but I thought I needed to get a good accountant because every business owner has a good accountant, right? You can't just go into this stuff blind. And I went to see this accountant and it was awful. He was this old man and I told him my plans and he spoke to my husband the whole time. And my husband was just kind of like, why are you asking me? It's her business. Like, I don't know the answer to this question. And I, I knew that I didn't want to go with that guy in, during that meeting, but I did get one really good piece of advice from him. And he said, why are you going to spend money to fit out somebody else's salon? She could close up shop. She can dictate to you, you know, what your hours are. My business name was going to fall under her banner. So I wasn't really going to be my own thing. And he just said, look, you want to have control. You're better off. It might cost you a little bit more um, and it's a little bit more of a risk, but you should have full control and just fully rent your own space and you yourself just be on the lease and do it on your own because you've got more control. And we sort of walked away from that meeting going, yeah, he was right. And I'm so glad I did. I told my hairdresser though, and she took it really well, but yeah, I, I then commenced the search of finding a little salon to go into and I found one that was only 30, 31 metres squared, I think, in an arcade off the main street in Albury and, yeah, I negotiated the rent and, you know, the terms and everything, the lease. I signed a two-year lease for my little shop. I really thought that I would be working on my own for the foreseeable future I had to borrow 25000 for my fit out to get started and, God, I was shit scared. I <laughs> was so scared. At the time, I thought twenty five grand was so much money, so much money. I had, you know, I borrowed this money against my house. My husband had to guarantee it because, you know, he was on wages and wages are so safe for a bank. Banks love wages. <laughs> But yeah, I signed the lease, borrowed the money, I committed, I built the website. I had the clients at home uh, because like I said, we'd moved back to Albury. All my old clients started coming back to me, which was amazing. You know, they all missed me while I was away for those 12 months. And yeah, they all made their way. They heard that I was back and they made their way back to me, which was so awesome. But it just, it really reiterated, I guess, that I'd built those relationships with those people and I was good at what I did. So I knew that I'd be able to build a clientele quite easily, you know, once I came back. So 
Uh, we were crazily doing this fit out for my shop. My husband did most of it. He is a civil engineer, but he is very, very, very handy. So his father and, and his brother are both carpenters. And so he grew up building houses with his dad. Uh, so he can do anything. He can build frames. He can plaster. He's quite good at painting. He can tile. He can lay floorboards. He's even been known to dabble in a little bit of electrical and plumbing, although we didn't get him to do that in that shop. Um, he, I, I definitely hired professionals for those things. But yeah, he, he really helped a lot and we saved a lot of money. So my little shop, I fitted out and bought furniture for 25K. I budgeted my, my little butt off and I got it done for under 25K. So I, I had no savings at the time. I think if you really put your head down and bum up and worked and saved, you could probably save enough to do your own fit out. I've actually had coaching clients that have done this. They have saved, worked their asses off and saved. I'm a little bit of a spender. I always have been. And at the time, I, I might have only had five grand or 10 grand in savings. And, you know, they were our savings. I didn't want to take them to use for my business. So, I got that little business loan from the bank, which they made us jump through massive hoops for. Um, It's funny now to think about it. Bank wants to throw money at me now. It's crazy. I remember when I changed banks a couple of years ago, the business banker came in and said, oh, just letting you know, you've been pre-approved for $120,000 business finance. So, you know, if you want to buy a new Audi or something like that, just let me know. I'm like, what? What? What is this? How? How am I pre-approved? And he's like, oh, because of the amount of money that's coming through your FPOS terminals, we know that you can easily service a loan of that size. I'm like, okay, that is nuts. (laughs) Nuts, nuts, nuts. But anyway, so we got the shop going. Uh, I went in there. I opened, uh, I've just ticked over eight years in business. So 10th of July, 2014. I opened my salon doors, my little salon on my own, and uh, my son was 10 months old at the time. My daughter was, I think she just turned three. She was about three years and three months, I think. So very little kids at the time, and I had to put them in daycare Thursdays and Fridays while I was at the salon. So I was only open Thursday, Friday, Saturday when I first started, and my husband looked after the kids on Saturdays for me. Oh, not for me, but <laughs> they're his kids as well. But yeah, he he had the kids on Saturdays while I worked. And yeah, within six weeks, I was booked out. Within six weeks, I was booked out six weeks in advance. So I had to add in the Wednesday. So I was able to get my kids in for an extra day. And, you know, at the time I was kind of like, oh, is it worth it? You know, daycare is so expensive you know, will I be able to get the client? So I had all that doubt in my mind again, uh, which I know a lot of you struggle with. Oh, but it costs this much to get the kids looked after or whatever. Will I make that from my clients? And yeah, I mean, if you are outlaying that money, you're going to want to work to pay it and then some. It's got to be worthwhile. So I got them in for the extra day and yeah, six weeks later, I built I built that Wednesday out and I was booked out six weeks in advance. So it was really busy. I didn't even have a 15-minute gap, you know, for six weeks into my future. And I shouldn't have let it get to that point. I just, I guess I didn't even consider hiring. I really thought that I'd be working on my lo- on, on my lonesome for 
the foreseeable future for years. That's why I got such a small salon to begin with, 31 metres squared, tiny, tiny. Really, I could only fit in there myself comfortably. But I realised that I was drowning in work. I was drowning in clients. I couldn't keep doing it on my own. I needed help. I couldn't have a break. I couldn't see a holiday on the horizon. I couldn't see a break. I was starting to burn out, which is not ideal when you've just started a business. It was great. I was I was making money and, you know, I paid my business loan off in like six months. I didn't draw a wage. I was determined that I was going to pay that money back. I paid it back in six months and, yeah, it was really hard. And I think a lot of people don't understand that I had to do that. You know, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to done it to do, sorry. I look back now and I don't even know how I made it through. Like it's it's blurry. Um, <laughs> I had these tiny little kids and I was cooking and cleaning and running a business. I was doing you know, all the social media. There were no stories or anything back then though. It was just posts, which was considerably a lot easier. You know, it was just photos, like not even video content. Oh my God. Like if myself back then could see what it's become now, I would maybe have given up back then. (laughs) But yeah, I, I was doing everything. It was a very difficult time. All worth it. Trust me. It's, it was definitely worth it. But You know, it's very, very easy to look at someone and where they're at now and how their life is now and not know where they've come from and what they've had to do and what they've had to sacrifice. So that's a big reason why I'm sharing this story with you today. Even my staff, um, sometimes they go, oh, Lauren doesn't know how to do that. And I'm like, what? what? Excuse me? What? Yeah, like, what do you mean? I don't know how to do that. And they're like, oh, well, such and such normally does that. I'm like, yeah, I taught such and such how to do that. I'm the original person that did that. I used to do everything around here. Um, <laughs> so, you know, there's no fast forwarding to get to, you know, where, where you want to be. You have to put in the hard yards. I, I don't believe that you know, if you don't have a big, you know, financial backing, you can't just start and hire a heap of staff and expect for it to just be generating, you know, profits from day one. You know, you have to put in the work, you have to build the clientele, uh, you have to build the rapport with your clients to keep them coming back. And then once you are too busy, you hire you market, you start the cycle again, you teach them how to be good at their job and you teach them how to get clients until they're booked out and then you hire again and the cycle repeats. And that is how I've done it. I have taken, you know, a few backward steps along the way just with staff leaving and then being scared to hire again and sort of scaling things down a little bit and then going, no, I just want to have heaps of staff and be the best and make most money and then, you know, like go and hire two people at once and, you know, do silly things like that. But actually it wasn't silly. I shouldn't say that it's silly. You know, it's a gamble, but, you know, those types of gambles and risks, calculated risks tend to pay off. Uh, Well, fortunately for me, they have. But 
Uh, There have been some risks that I've run, gambles that I've taken that haven't worked out along the way as well. But yeah, so I had to hire and I needed someone that was already experienced uh, because I was so booked out and I didn't want to take time out of my work schedule to train them because I'd be earning less money. And I didn't want to take time out of my home life because, you know, I didn't have family that could just come and look after the kids during the day whenever I needed. You know, I would have to pay someone to look after them. So, I didn't want to do that. So, I wanted to get someone that was already experienced. And I did get someone. I, I put an ad out there and and I got someone who was experienced. And she was a really lovely girl, but she wasn't the right fit for the role. She was kind of towards the end of her beauty career. She was a little bit older than me. I suppose was kind of winding things down. She didn't have the same drive as myself to grow the business and, you know, really build out her clientele. So after about six months of working together, and we worked really well together. She's absolutely gorgeous person. You know, I still see her around town now and, you know, would have it stop and have a a massive chat to her and things like that. But yeah, she decided to leave and go work with her partner in a completely different industry. So she, it didn't really work out, but sort of at the end of that relationship, I had somebody else come along that I thought would be a good fit. And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I can afford this person. I've still got this other person that's working 25 hours a week for me. I haven't really got the clients to give this other new person yet. And then it just worked out that my first staff member, like I said, she she resigned um, to go work with her partner in a different industry. So it did make room for this other person who was considerably younger. She was younger than me and, oh, she is younger than me. And she was just starting out in the beauty industry. She'd just done lash training and she had a diploma in beauty therapy and she was keen as, keen as to get started, get into it be the best. She really had the same goals as I did. You know, she, she loved people. She could talk to anyone and she was very, very good at what she did. Very fast learner and very, very good at taking responsibility. So I had no worries, you know, letting her come in and work on the days that I wasn't working. So very quickly, she was able to build up that clientele to full-time hours and yeah, we we became very, very busy very, very quickly. It only took a couple more months and she was booked out and I knew that we had to go into a bigger shop. So this was 18 months after I'd started my business and I was just like, oh my God, we can't do this. We're so busy. We're so booked out. We can't handle it. We need somebody else. I could be making so much more money. <laughs> Get somebody else as well in here because the demand, the demand was far outweighing the supply at that time. Yeah, so I started looking for a bigger space because I was in the sort of the last six months of my lease in that tiny little shop. And I got this idea in my head that maybe I could buy a shop um, because there were these new shops. It was a new sort of um, car parking complex and sort of arcadey laneway type thing that had just been constructed in central Albury. It was only about 50 metres from my current salon. But yeah, it was it was a bigger space. And I thought, oh, what if I could buy it? Because I, I didn't want to spend money on a fit out again so soon 
and then have to pull it all down when I left because that's what you need to do when uh, you hire a commercial property. You spend money on the fit out, your landlord doesn't do that for you. Sometimes they might might contribute to it for you or uh, they might enter into like a rent-free period so that that allows you enough time to complete your fit out. But you have to pull it all down when you go. You have to make, it's actually called make good. Um, So you have to paint the walls back the original colour and you know, take all your signage down and take everything off the windows and and all of that sort of stuff. So I didn't want to spend all that money again just to pull it down. So yeah, I really became interested in buying and yeah, started investigating it and turns out we could, we could do it. And yeah, so we decided to buy, we got a loan. It was a very, very stressful time in my life. I was working nuts hours. I was interviewing for a third person. I was deciding on colours and furniture and I was trying to negotiate brokers and finances and we were down to our last, you know, little bit of money in our bank account and uh, it it was awful. We had an accountant at the time that was rubbish and, you know, wasn't, they were dealing with the broker and, oh, wasn't communicating messages and, oh, it was a schmozzle, an absolute shit show. I think back to it now and I'm just like, oh, my God, and I'm currently living through something similar (laughs) because I'm fitting out my salon again. I'm, I'm doing a complete refit which a lot of you have actually reached out and they want to hear about on the podcast. So perhaps when it's all said and done, I will record a new episode for you and I'll explain (laughs) the process and all the ups and downs for you um, at a later date. But anyway, back to the story. I, at this time, was budgeted 50 grand um, for my fit out, which is quite small. It's not, not a lot for this bigger space. Uh, we were coming into this shop. It was brand new, newly constructed, and it was a fishbowl. Like it's all glass. Three sides of the shop are glass. So we had to build walls inside, and I had to, uh, you know, get sticker like signage um, for the outside of the glass so that it looked like walls. You know, I had to get curtains. I had to do floors. Um, I didn't get floor coverings. I ended up doing polished concrete, which was very expensive at the time, but it's paid off because even in my new fit out, I'm keeping the same polished concrete look. So I haven't had to spend more on different flooring, which is really good. Yeah, I had to get all lighting. The shop had no lights in it. The air conditioner had to be commissioned. Oh, the the list goes on. It it yeah, it blew out a bit and I am usually quite good at sticking to a budget. You know, I'm good at estimating and and sticking to a budget, but it did blow out and, you know, a lot of bills from different trades and things all coming at once. And yeah, my husband took a month off work to do this fit out to build all the walls and, you know, paint it all and plaster and do all that. So again, I I saved a lot of money with him doing that. And even um, his dad came and helped for a little bit. And I think his brother helped out a little bit as well. But it was a really massive undertaking and it was so stressful and I was having tradies running up to my current salon when I, and I'd be with clients and, and they were coming up knocking on, Lauren, can you just come and have a look at this? And I'm like, I'm with clients. I can't like go anywhere. I can't leave them. 
And yeah, I, I, um, it, it was a tough time. That's, <laughs> I don't know how else to describe it. Like I, yeah, a schmozzle, absolute shit show. The kicker was at the end, I'd booked a holiday maybe six months prior, sort of not knowing when we'd be finishing the fit out and, and things like that, because it was all, um, it ran behind. And I'd booked this holiday to Bali. So I'd paid for the plane tickets and I'd paid for the accommodation, prepaid it. And anyway, as we were doing the fit out, I was just like, far out. We're going to literally finish this and then get on a plane a couple of days later. This is not ideal, but (laughs) it was looking like this was going to happen. And anyway, I got a call from the broker and they said, okay, um, so you're going to have to come up with another 35 grand to pay the GST portion of the purchase price because on commercial properties, you have to pay GST. And in our case, um, yeah, it was 35 grand. So 10% of our purchase price, 30 grand, 35 grand. And I was just like, where am I going to get this money? Okay, guys, Lauren again. Uh, I thought that I would leave it there. We're about to move into the new salon. So make sure you tune back in next week to hear part two and how it all went.